Thursday, December 29th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. It's just me in the studio today with a few thoughts to wrap up 2016. So, as I say whenever whenever this happens, feel free to skip this one. By the way, I don't say that out of any sort of uh, false modesty or anything like that. I say that because I'm a podcasting nerd. And as a podcasting nerd, I'm a big believer that uh, a podcast makes a, a basic content promise. And the content promise of Market Foolery is me and an analyst or two discussing the day's business news. And anytime we deviate from that, which we don't do often, but every, every time we deviate from that and it's just me, I like to just call that out up front. This weekend on the Motley Fool Money Radio Show, it is our 2017 preview show. We've got industries to watch, stocks to watch, reckless predictions. So definitely check that out over the weekend if you're interested. This is the time of year when people make resolutions. Not everybody. Some people do. Resolutions aren't for everyone, but they can be specific, they can be general. Personally, I don't make resolutions every year. Uh, I just don't. Sometimes I'm just tired and I don't want to make one. I did last year at this time, and my resolution was to run the Marine Corps Marathon. Because I had never run a marathon before, I figured I would give it a shot. I know I've, I've talked about it a little bit uh, in the past, but I wanted to share just a bit more about that experience and, and hopefully tie it into investing in some small way. I'm not going to bore you with the blow-by-blow details of the race, because let's face it, it's a, it's a 26.2-mile race. And for me, that was just under five hours, so the blow-by-blow details would be pretty boring. But here are a couple of the key points. And let's start with the context that October 30th, the day of the race, was unseasonably warm in the greater Washington, D.C. area. The race started at 8 a.m. The temperature was in the low to mid-50s. And by 11 a.m., the temperature was 70 degrees and rising. And as I was soon to find out, that's not the ideal temperature for a marathon. The first half of the race went great. It it really could hardly have gone better. And as I think I mentioned once before, I totally understand why people who run marathons rave about the Marine Corps Marathon, because the crowds are amazing. The people who come out are just so supportive, and it's it's truly wonderful. Around the halfway mark, my legs started to hurt a little bit, nothing too bad. And then at mile 16, the wheels came off the wagon. My right leg cramped up like it never had before, and soon after that, my left leg cramped up, and I couldn't run. I literally could not run, and I was 10 miles from the finish line. I think it was this time last year, one of the things I talked about at the, at the end of the year on Market Foolery was maybe my favorite quote from Mike Tyson, the boxer, now an actor, but <laughs> first came to fame as, as the heavyweight champ of the world. And there was a press conference before one of his fights, and I don't even remember who his opponent was, but one of the reporters said, "You know, your your opponent says he has a plan to beat you. How do you respond to that?" And Tyson said, "Well, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth." And that's what this was like for me. It was like it was like being punched in the mouth, only it was being punched repeatedly in both legs. And as investors, we know what that's like. We we know the investing equivalent of that when we when we buy shares of a company and all of a sudden everything goes south. And maybe it's because of something that the company did wrong. Maybe it's a mistake that management made. Maybe it's from forces outside their control. 
But those are the times that really test us as investors. And some investors just bail at that point and they say, I'm out. I'm out of this stock and I'm out of stock investing altogether. But one of the things, hopefully, we've been able to convey on this podcast and on other podcasts and on fool.com and through our services is that if you hang in there, that time is an incredible ally for individual investors like us. But let's face it, whether it's investing or in real life, getting punched in the mouth is no fun. And when that happens, you got to figure out what you're going to do. So, I'm 10, min- 10 miles from the finish line. My legs aren't working properly, so I walk a little bit, and then my legs loosen up, and I'm able to run a little bit, and then they seize up again. And I basically alternate running and walking for 10 miles. And I get over the finish line, and I think, that's it. I'm done. I made it. I'm all set. This is great. Now I can, you know, get my little medal, get a bottle of water, and I can just uh, I can go home. And I start to do that. I start to make my way towards the subway, and it's really crowded at the finish line. There's obviously a lot of runners. There's a lot of Marines, who are incredibly helpful, and there's a lot of people who are waiting to greet their family members and friends and that sort of thing. And so as I make my way through the crowd, all of a sudden I start to feel bad—not just my legs, but just sort of all over. And there's this young Marine sort of walking in my direction, and I just put my hand up to get his attention, and I say, is there a medical tent around here? And he says, yes, sir. It's just down down this hill a little bit, and just around the bend, and you'll find it. It's right there. You can't miss it. And I didn't move. I just stood there, and I was sort of staring in the general direction he was pointing to, and I just said, okay. And I must have looked horrible. I mean, I just must have looked so bad because you know, at this point, I'm done with the race. Uh, I'm twice this kid's age, and uh, I'm drenched in sweat, and I'm I'm sure I just looked horrible. And he said he sort of took a step closer and he said, "Sir, would you like me to get you some help?" Now this is kind of the key moment because, for any number of reasons, my gut reaction to a question like that is almost always no. I'm good. I don't need any help. I'll figure it out. I'm fine. Thank you for asking, but I'm good. And thankfully, in that moment, the smarter angels in my head overruled my gut. And what came out of my mouth was, yeah, I would. And so he said, okay, let's, let's get you, uh, let's, let's put you in the shade. And he walks me over to a nearby tree. And because I think he was probably afraid that I was just going to pass out. And so he sort of helps me to sit down and, and he runs off to the medical tent. And of course, as soon as I'm on the ground, my legs start to seize up again and they're killing me. And I'm just lying there thinking, okay, this, this hurts like hell, but you know, I did it. I made it over the finish line and uh, you know, this, <laughs> hopefully this will be over soon. And then I start to hear footsteps, lots of footsteps. And I open my eyes and I see six Marine Corps medics standing over me. There's probably a chance they thought I was going to go into cardiac arrest or something like that, and they didn't want to startle me. So, one of the guys kneels next to me, and just as calmly and cheerfully as you can possibly imagine, he says, Hi there, sir. How are you doing today? And I just sort of looked up at all of them, and I said, I'm not going to lie, fellas. I've been better. And they had a stretcher with them. They get me on the stretcher, and they start 
double timing it over to the medical tent. And I just thought, boy, I'm really getting my money's worth for this race. Normally, you sign up for a race, you get a t shirt, you get to run the race, maybe you get a little medal when it's over. I'm getting the full treatment from the Marine Corps. They take me to a heat tent, which is not like a regular tent. A heat tent doesn't have any sides, it doesn't have any flaps on the sides because they want airflow. And they put the stretcher down on top of a huge tub that is filled with ice. And I just sort of look down and think, oh my God, are they going to dump me in that thing? And so I, I don't have a moment to say anything or, or, or really sort of react beyond that because now uh, there's a doctor in charge. I, I didn't get her last name, but uh, she was Dr. Jill. We'll just call her Dr. Jill for the purposes of this podcast. Dr. Jill is asking me questions. She's in, she's doing whatever these six guys, uh, the six guys who walk me over there, like they're doing whatever she says. They're packing ice all around me. She's asking me questions about how I'm feeling, what happened to me during the race, all that sort of thing. Which uh, I was reminded at that point that uh, somewhere around mile 23, I, I had tunnel vision. Which I, I think it's a sign of just how out of whack my body was. But when I got tunnel vision, I got weirdly excited because I've heard other like Seth Jason, who you've heard on this podcast before, and some some of the other sort of hardcore runners at the full. I've heard them talk about tunnel vision, and at mile twenty three, when I had it, I thought, "Oh, th- th- this is what this is like." So the other thing I noticed um, as Dr. Jill is asking me questions, and they're packing me in ice and and sort of uh, you know <laughs> getting ready to draw blood from me. Is when I look to the side, so there's Dr. Jill, there's six medics, and standing outside the heat tent, there's maybe another ten or so medics just standing around, which I have to say was a little deflating for me because I thought, wow, I'm the only show in town. These medics have just been bored. Everyone has gone through this race perfectly healthy as can be, and they're just like, "Well, you know, I don't have anything to do, but the, you know, there's a there's a middle-aged dude who's in the heat tent. Why don't we go watch him?" So they take my blood, they give me an IV because I'm low on fluids. And uh, if you're an experienced runner, then then you know that what I was suffering from at that moment was heat exhaustion. They take me to another tent, a larger tent, sort of your traditional big white tent with with maybe uh, eight to ten cots in it. And once again, there's no one in the tent. I'm the only show in town. I go, I'm, you know, I'm just lying there on a cot with my IV. They give me some Gatorade and some pretzels and that sort of thing. And and slowly I start to feel better. And and I really start to feel better when they bring someone else into the tent. It's kind of like that phenomenon if you're standing in a long line and you're at the back of the line, as soon as someone else gets in line behind you, you feel just a little bit better. So I had my IV and pretzels and Gatorade and they they bring in this other dude and I just sort of looked at him and I thought to myself, I know I don't look great, but I don't look as bad as that guy. Uh, so here's my takeaway. Um, and this is this is one of those things that that is so obvious, or should be so obvious, particularly to someone as old as I am, and it wasn't. And it's the fact that once I asked for help, that's when things started to get better for me. Sometimes it's hard to ask for help, and in this case, for me, it took pushing my physical limits to the point where I needed medical attention, and even then, 
even then, my gut instinct was to say, I don't need any help. Now, maybe you're not one of those people. Maybe you're good at asking for help. I'm not. Um, so, if you're like me in 2017, maybe that's something we can work on together. If you need help, just ask for it. It could be in school, it could be on the job, it could be at home, it could be in your financial help, uh, in your financial life. If you need help, ask for it because the chances are that when you do, that's when things are going to start to get better. We started Market Foolery in 2011, and to this point, we have done more than 1,100 episodes. And I can tell you, as the guy who was there on day one, it never for one second crossed my mind that we would do that many episodes. So, before I wrap up, I want to say thanks to the analysts who come in here every day. It's not their job. I say this from time to time, it's not their job to be here. They're not paid to be in this studio. They come in because they enjoy doing it, or in the case of Ron Gross, uh, he comes in because I've guilted him into coming in here. But we don't produce 1,100 episodes of this podcast without the analysts lending their time and their expertise. Uh, expertise. I want to thank Mark Reith, who sat in the host chair on days when I couldn't be here for one reason or another. He was always game to help out, and it enabled me to work on some additional things. And I really appreciate it, because um, it's it's not easy being a substitute host. And Mark was always, uh, always game to do it. He is moving on from The Motley Fool. He is moving on to new adventures. And uh, uh, I wish him well. I'm going to miss him. Uh, and I really appreciate all the times he helped me out. I want to thank Diane Morris, who is someone who has been invaluable behind the scenes, not just on Market Foolery, but for all of the Motley Fool podcasts. She's been an incredible help to me, uh, and I couldn't appreciate her more. And last, uh, at least in terms of thank yous inside Fool HQ, I have to thank Dan Boyd, who's the producer behind the glass. He is, he's he's the MVP. He is a total workhorse, and every single time I go to Dan and I say, can we do this? Whatever it is, he says yes. It doesn't matter if I'm asking to change the schedule around, or do extra tapings, or even, as we did recently, when I went to him and said, hey, I'd like to take the train up to New York and tape Market Foolery from a Shake Shack somewhere in the city. Can we do that? And Dan is unflappable, and he makes everything work. Finally, I have to thank you for listening. Um, in your car, when you're working out, when you're doing stuff around the house, during your commute, up at God knows what hour, milking cows, as at least a couple of you do, I know. Whenever you listen, whatever you're doing while you listen, thank you. Uh, I'm interested in a lot of industries, but particularly the media industry and as someone who watches the media industry, and in particular the growing podcast industry, I am keenly aware of the fact that you can listen to anything you want. There are more podcasts on more topics than ever before, so the fact that you choose to spend time listening to this podcast is an incredible compliment, and one that I don't take for granted for one second couple of housekeeping notes, and then we'll go. Uh, the market is closed on Monday, January 2nd, but we will be here because next week is the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and we're going to have a preview 
between now and then is New Year's Eve. Here is, we talk about different statistics in the world of investing. Here is the most consequential statistic that I learned recently, and that is that 50% of auto collisions happen at intersections. So, please be careful when you're out there on the road. Nothing is that important (laughs) that you need to get to, however late you are, particularly if you're at the front of an intersection and you're waiting for the green light to gun it. Please be careful out there, especially this weekend, because as my dad used to say, New Year's Eve is the night when the amateur drunks are out. So, be safe, get home, and we'll see you on Monday.